Serious and Serious Podcast, Episode 8. Unfortunately, we were off last week, but we are back. It's been 10 days since we've seen Texas football, and I think when we have a bye week, like, it's just like dog years. Like, it just doesn't, you know, it's just seven times the amount. I thought I was going to have a great weekend not having to worry about Texas football, but I was 100% wrong. I'm, like, it was terrible. I did not like my weekend. It feels like it's been forever since we've won, done an episode or two, watched Texas football, even though it's really only been, like you said, nine or ten days. Um, but it's damn good to be back, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Good to get back on the train and kind of keep doot, the momentum doot. going. It's like the, uh, the momentum kind of fell off with some of our followers. So Putting the did. conductor hat on back on. Uh, we are back. Um, don't forget, please keep on spreading the word. Everyone's been doing a great job. Uh, the Instagram followers have been keeping going up. Please keep on uh spreading the word and uh reaching out to your coworkers and whoever keep on, keep it on. Texas fans that you think might uh might enjoy us bantering uh against each other for forty five minutes. That's at beers underscore and underscore steers on Instagram. And on uh Twitter, same thing, beers and steers, just straight up at beers and steers. Please keep on uh listening. We really appreciate it on the Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Anchor I, there's like four others, but I, I don't remember what their names are. Um, we need we need more students, I guess current yes, students. Yes, we do. So if you are a student and can help us out in, uh, I guess, marketing in the uh, university area or getting it to the Greek life better, uh, please help us out on that. We're looking for uh, some more help in the younger demographic. Oh, okay, that's a great segue, John. Um, speaking of, we have also got some new T-shirts to sell. They are gray. They're not white. They're gray. We had some uh, requests for gray T-shirts, so we went back. We we're changing to, with the seasons. We, just, we, you know, we're keeping it going. Yeah, second half of the season, we're wearing gray. There's a funeral for OU, and we're wearing gray. So keep on uh, Venmoing at Stuart Dash McLaughlin. I don't even know what it is anymore. Is it Dash, Slash, or um, Underscore? I think it's Dash. I don't think yeah. it's. Just type in his cell phone. Whatever it was the first time, it's not that. But keep on yeah, doing go that. Listen, go listen to the last four episodes. Yeah, go, to, go listen to the first episode that we we gave out T-shirts. And whatever it is, it's not that. $15 for me. They're gray. We have large and extra large. Uh, shout out Ellie Williams. She paid me five minutes ago for a T-shirt. So thank you, Ellie. Uh, they're well, rolling in. We are, uh, we're, not, we're not out yet. We've got plenty. We've probably got about 20 shirts left. So um, we're not out yet, but we're getting there. So if you want a shirt, uh, please make sure. And Venmo me fifteen dollars. That way, I can eat lunch tomorrow because I'm in the hole currently because of that. Uh, if you haven't gotten your shirt from the first go around, please text John and I. Uh, I know there's a few in Dallas that I have yet to give out yet. John, I believe, has covered up all of the Houston ones that he had to begin with. If you still haven't gotten yours, um, just text one of us. We'll get it to you. We're not the smartest of folk, but we'll get it to you eventually. Uh, if you ordered one of the new ones, we will have those in by next week. If you're going to the West Virginia game, that would be awesome. We can deliver it to you there. If not, we'll we'll figure something out just like last time. But uh, yeah, keep on keep on buying the shirts. I've actually got a few coworkers. One co coworker that went to OU who even bought a shirt. So wow, yeah. I know. So we got family, friends, and coworkers now. Yeah, oh, we got everybody. Um, we're all stocked up. Uh, and also in terms for the for the fans. I know everyone's been loving the voicemails this year. It's been an awesome uh, part of the show, addition to the show. I've loved it. I know John and John and I have really talked about how it's kind of changed the show and made it a little more interactive. So keep on leaving those. It's 802-487-6107. Please, 
please keep on doing that. Uh, we love listening to those, even if they're just stupid ranting. I don't care what you talk about. Just we want to we want to listen to them and we want to play them so that y'all everyone gets to enjoy them. Uh, we want to make this kind of a little more fun for everybody. Um, yeah, we're definitely looking for any sort of other ideas as well. I'm about to start paying girls to leave voicemails. That's bordering on the line of prostitution, but it's okay. Um, I know it's it's a, it was a bye week, so I don't blame everyone. Everyone's taking the week off, so it's fine. Let's get our, get your minds right again. The, hey, and, uh, we took the week off, so you can take the week off. But next week, we're back. We're back. Yeah, no, but there's only yeah, one way to start notes. it. What? There's only one way to start it, John. We got you interrupted. Me. Yeah, you kept you keep interrupting me today. I don't Sorry. know what your deal is. Sorry. Um, I know what my deal is, but <laughs> so yes. Uh, now that we've been, I guess shamed and made fun of for not actually having beers of the week this this year um beer of the week uh, we are sticking with wild acre brewery um may or may not have a connection there can't announce that yet uh but the beer of the week this week from them is the happy phil ipa um is is a very popular beer and i think um pretty unique looking can not gonna lie but look up their uh, website. Also look up their uh, social medias. They, what they got announced to one some award for one of the best. Yeah, they they won a best small brewery. I don't remember the name of the awards, but best small brewery for 2018. So they're okay. they're getting their name out there. Um, also the the beer garden's awesome. I'm probably gonna be going there on Friday night. Honestly, it's huge. They have TVs going all day Saturday. Uh, they want you to go. They always got. They don't serve food themselves, but they always have food trucks there and. Almost no every, almost no every Friday and Saturday they have uh, live music too. So, yeah, go no. check them out if you're in Fort Worth. If, if even if you're in Dallas, wherever, go check them out. It's a, it's a really cool spot. Just to um, see the brewery itself and go have a beer, watch some football. Nothing better than that. This beer is only offered from August to December, apparently. Um, so, kind of a unique little time. Um, so, make sure you hop on it and grab it. Grab one of these beers before we get into the holiday season. Um, but now that we got all the, I guess, laundry and all that stuff out mm-hmm. of the way, um, are we ready to start diving into? Let's go the into game? it. Yeah, the we. Game was so long ago. I know people forgot, but we played Baylor, Baylor Bears, the crazy Baptist. There's only two things that Baptists don't recognize. Um, we played them t- ten days ago, I think. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten or eleven. Whatever. I, it was a weird game. We knew going into it was a weird game, and then Sam gets hurt, and we're like, okay, this is really weird. But. You and I both talked about how, like, this game from the get-go, it didn't feel as weird compared to Maryland. You know, like, Maryland, it was after, like, the first half. It was like, okay, we're going to lose this game, you know? Like, we're not playing well. Whereas this game is like, okay, why? what is going on? Like, we know, obviously, we're down Sam. That's a huge deal. But why Why is it looking this way? But the defense was playing well. I, I just couldn't put my finger on what made it so different just watching it at home too i was at home john was at the game so what did you see anything in person well going back to the comparison to maryland I, I, it felt like maryland almost looked like the more more athletic team that day and i guess comparing it to the Baylor game even though we were down so much we were still the more aggressive uh team until i guess the fourth quarter of the game but maryland it felt like okay, how can we find a way to just sneak a win out? Whereas Baylor was just survive, survive type game. And like you said, it has to do with Sam being out. But uh, being there, the, the stadium was very flat, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Uh, partially due to ACL 
partially due to a 2.30 game, which I hate even using excuses. If you're a top-10 team, you should have a full stadium and a pretty loud crowd. That's just the state of where we are, and we need to keep wanting to fix that. But um, it was flat. But the team, it, it was so weird when Sam went out. No one knew what was going on. Right. Yeah, that was the other thing is, like, everyone was texting each other, like, oh, he's out, it's just his finger, like, he's bleeding real bad. And then it was like, ah, eh, wait a second. No, it's not right. just his finger. And it, and it felt like the defense was playing so well. It was, it was like we were just waiting for the offense to wake up, and they finally did in that, you know, four-and-a-half-minute stretch or of the, you know, I guess last four-and-a-half minutes of the first half where we scored 17 points, just boom, boom, boom. I don't know if we got away with a, a lucky interception call, you know, the one where they kind of intercepted it in, a, in the end zone, but no. also didn't. I don't think it was intercepted. I think that was the right call, but it was tough. But yeah, we got we we were able to finally get something going in our in our I guess favor in terms of calls. But uh, we it was just in general a weird game um, with defense. You like you already said was set the tone, and they were able to make up for an offense that was just lost for the most part. And um, you know, I think it's a totally different game if Dicker makes one of those two kicks. Dicker. Just it was just weird. Um, and Shane, I think everyone's kind of giving him praise, as, as they should, for stepping up and being ready to go. Had a few shaky throws to start, but was able yeah. to control the offense, get comfortable with rolling to CJ. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, you and I both talked about beginning of the year, like going into it, like we were kind of like when it was still kind of a quote-unquote QB battle, even though we knew Sam's to lose. We were both like, I mean, yeah, like Shane may not start for the first few games, but like there's – I guarantee you he's going to have to win a game for us. And – I don't. I, I'm not gonna say he won the game for us, but he didn't lose it. You know, like he played well enough to keep us in the game offensively. Uh, Keontae picked him up, had a great, uh, had a great game. He's 19 carries. I mean, that's his most as a. That's the other thing is like you get so wrapped up in the middle of the season. All these players are playing so well. Like Keontae's 19 years old, maybe. I don't. He could be 18. Honestly, don't know. And he played unbelievable. Put the run game on his back, and then. Colin Johnson was like, all right, like, Shane, like, I got you. Like, just throw me three screen passes in a row. I'll get two first downs, and we'll keep this thing going. So, Shane did a great job of picking up. I mean, there was that video. I don't know if, uh, if everyone saw it, but I think Longhorn Network tweeted it out, actually. It was Shane after the game just, like, saying thank you to the entire team, like, for picking him up and, like, not doubting him. I was thinking, I was like, God, like, I love this kid. I seriously do. Like, I've said it so many times. The true listeners of Beers and Steers are going to be like, I know, I know. I've heard Stuart harp on this so many times. But he honestly is, like, one of my favorite Longhorns ever. Even if he transfers, I don't care. He really will be, like, always one of my favorite Longhorns. Keyword favorite, not one of my best. Like, not one of the best Longhorns to ever play. But still, like, he did a great job of knowing his role accepting the backup position and stepping in when it was truly needed the most and winning a, a, a good game at home. You know, that's what it came down to. I'm really glad I was there because when I watched the game again and having to listen to those commentators from ESPN oh, God, talk dude. about, oh, did you, hey, by the way, did you know Brewer, no. his dad, played at UT? No, he didn't. Did he really? And he didn't get an offer from Texas because Charlie Strong was there. Did you I, hear? I don't know if you heard about that. No, yeah, I did. I, I, his, his cousin went to Texas, though, right? Hmm. Apparently, his dad was in the stands. I, I mean, I don't know if they showed him once. I think they, they did. did. I think he was wearing a Baylor shirt, too. They may. Uh, oh, my God. I don't it know if the pathetic. producer oh. or whoever was freaking managing that game had a, you know, a, a vengeance for Texas or what, but my God. 
it was it was pretty bad. It, it was awful. We you know we you and I complain about Fox all the time, but at least like I know <laughs> they don't completely like crap on Texas the whole time. Exactly. Like, I'd rather have Brady Quinn, who has no idea what he's talking about, than whoever it was who knew way too much of what he's talking about. You know? Yeah. It just like made right. it miserable to listen to. I mean, they literally showed him like six times in the stands. Like, yeah, Tim Brando and, and Spencer Tillman's lack of like, yeah, uh, ability to but be. I like, like Brando. That's the thing. It was Tillman who just kept on going on and on about it. No, 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 no. Those, those are the Fox guys that I'm saying. Oh, oh we yeah, usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually rag on, but these two guys like Rod Gow. What was his name? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I don't think we'll have another ESPN 2:30 game because um, one will have. Yeah. What ABC on Saturday night, which is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> We'll get to here in a bit. Why the hell are we on ABC on Saturday night? Ugh. Uh, and then if you look at the have... if you look at all the games this weekend, then you're like, okay, it makes a little little sense. But yeah, yeah I agree. It's still it's still a lot. Anywho, we we're getting off track here. I think uh, let's just kind of before we jump into the players, it, it it was a win. Again, we'll look back on it. You know, we'll look at the schedule a year from now. And be like, wow, look, that was a. It's just a W on the, uh, <laughs> yeah, on the, uh, I, I guess, statue. Uh, it's Where, just weird. Record. No, I agree. No, you're 100 percent right. Like it's weird now to think about it because we're so close to it. But I mean, you tell me going into the season, like, okay, Sam gets hurt in the first, uh, second series, whatever you want to call it, of the game against a so and so Baylor team that's got like a really good offense. Like, what do you think happens? Like that, like literally is how a tragedy is written right there, you know? So, I, 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 well, you got to take it 100%. The, the main thing that I think you and I both 100% agreed on was the mental toughness of the team Yeah. as as the game went on, especially on the defense. Like, Sam goes down. They know they got to pick up some slack. They didn't get the turnovers that were needed, but they still picked up and, like, played well and didn't falter. Even I know that last drive, everyone's like, "They're we're one touchdown away." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Okay, yeah, but look at the last drive. Like when it mattered, when they were inside the our, when they were on our, uh, you know, whatever side of the field. Line. Yeah, like they played great. They really did. So, yeah, we were playing like prevent defense, and then we used the back our back of the end zone as our third, I guess, extra defender. I but mean, still, really, they played well. They didn't let anything underneath, like. When it, when the time came down to it, like they played up to the to the game and they played up to the moment. That's that's what I liked a lot, and I think you agreed the same thing. Like they, the mental toughness was there. Yeah, and then they held Baylor, which is not as an electric offense as they used to be, but a pretty decent offense. Seventeen points. They were uh, held them to I guess under their total yards average uh, or average yards per game. And we we statistically held Baylor to uh, a bad game. Right. So credit to the defense, but I mean. Also, Baylor's going to be I – mean, they, they are much better than yeah. I thought they were but I, actually going to be. Brewer, uh, Brewer surprised me. And Hurd, I know we you, we both hyped him up, like, pretty good before the game, but, like, he still played better than I thought he would. Yeah, their offensive line really screwed Brewer up. Yes. I mean, they really struggled to give him protection yeah. in the second half. Um, but why – before we move on into the – why do you think we continue to struggle closing out games? Is it because we – are getting tired or is it is it a mental thing what what is the i guess reasoning for that i think the easiest way to the easiest kind of blame is that we're tired and if there's one thing that i think orlando that faults him is that he trusts his ones way 
like so he put so much trust into them which is good i mean it's it's a good bad thing like you want your guys like you want your 11 you know they can get anything done but especially in this type of big 12 play offensive play and uh, against a high powered offense like Baylor with a good quarterback and a couple good receivers and you know the ability to make good plays and go quickly you got to get your guys some rest like i was it's unbelievable how much he doesn't substitute guys in on the especially on the db side of the ball like obviously you want Caden Stearns out there as much as possible Brandon Jones blah 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 but like give PJ Locke a spell like give Chris Boyd a spell like just it doesn't have to be more than two plays but I really do think that it's a lot of it has to do with us getting tired towards the end of the game um we saw that especially against OU against that unbelievable offense um and I, that's that's the only thing I can think of honestly other than that the defense is it plays up to the, its worth so I if I had to say one thing it'd be the fatigue fatigue stamina whatever you want to call it yeah well they're, they're winning the game so yeah exactly so it's so hard to nitpick and it's like I can't believe we like struggled versus Baylor or barely called out a very ugly win but and, like, I mean, obviously the buy, but no, but the, the buy helped. But we went from nine to six. <laughs> I know that is crazy. Yeah, we didn't play a game; we moved up three spots, or we played one well, game and we moved up three spots. Yes, exactly. But like, uh, no, I okay. We'll move. We're, we're moving on. Uh, let's get, let's jump right into it. Offense. We'll go the good, and, good and the bad. Uh, I'll start off good. You know where I'm going every single time. Right down the middle. Offensive line. I thought they played a really, really good game. The Total stud, though, is Calvin uh, Anderson. He was a total rock the whole time, especially on pass blocking. You can tell that he's hes just one of those guys, I've talked about before, who you can tell which guys really like pass blocking and run blocking more. Uh, I think Vahe is a guy who loves run blocking more, and I right. think Anderson's a guy who loves pass blocking more. It's just, you know, it's just skill set, how they work, whatever. But Anderson just is so perfect in that role, just being that perfect blindside protection and he played a great game Cosme did a really good job of pulling and getting to that outside and getting to the next level getting to the linebacker uh the entire game on stretch runs and pull runs and all that and the rest of the line played great no bad uh blitz pickups between the interior line and Vahe and Shaq and a little bit of Erod um or and sorry Erod and a little bit of Cursetter Erod is maybe the most underrated guy in the on the offensive line and I mean they just allowed Keontae to give him a little bit of hold like he's not a big guy he just needs a little bit of space and they allowed him to really have a, a good game run the ball so hats yeah. off to the O-line I thought they played great yeah I was gonna put Anderson on there as well um I think you said enough about the offensive line but yeah Anderson you watch him and he kind of looks like and this is obvious because he's a fifth year but he just looks so experienced out yeah. there uh, and so really mature yeah you're right he hasn't. I think he had a couple false starts in the first game versus Maryland, and everyone played like crap against Maryland. But he's been so, uh, I guess, disciplined since that game. Mm-hmm. And I noticed multiple pools where him and Vahe both came across, and literally Anderson was making up for Vahe's, I guess, lack of speed. Um, I don't know. Just I agree. The offensive line had a pretty good game. I can't remember a sack off the top of my head, but I do mm-hmm. know Shaq had a uh, holding, and I think there was one other false start at some point, but. In general, we've really cleaned up our, our mental mistakes on the offensive line, and, and a lot of credit to 
Calvin Anderson for sure on, I guess, setting the tone on the left side. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, I'm going to go with Keontae Ingram as a great. Um, had himself 130, or excuse me, 110 rush yards. Almost took your stat from CJ. Um, on 19 carries. I mean, can you believe that? 19. I don't know. That's crazy. That's something that you were begging for 10. Like I know. <laughs> and so, I, this week I'm begging for at least 25. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. I think they've finally realized he's definitely more athletic than Trey Watson, but I don't yeah. disrespect Trey Watson. No, I no, Trey no. Watson I, I 100% game. agree. Trey, you could argue that Trey is like one of like the more versatile players on our on our offense. Yeah, I think Trey should start. I think he sets the tone, and then Keontae yep. comes in when the defense is a little bit more worn out. Yes, but 100%. Deont- I was almost just said Deontay. Uh, <laughs> Keontae, um, he – there was a play in the fourth quarter, I believe, where one of their safeties tried to just absolutely like missile down and like take him out. And it, it turns out Keontae ran over him. I mean, the guy made the tackle, but uh, the Baylor safety had to come out. And I don't think he came back in. And it was like a play later, CJ like converted a big third down um, to oh, extend really? the drive yeah. where the set, that freshman safety had come in. So, yeah. I don't know, little physical plays like that that really, like, I don't know, don't really come on the stat sheet, but it always kind of impressed me. But when you're just looking on the, I guess, first layer of just the stats, 110 rush yards, 19 carries, uh, no touchdown, though. Um, I don't believe it's got mainly because we went to, no. I guess the touchdowns were CJ and uh, little Jordan's, what's yes. it called, um, Wildcat. But um, huge shout out to Keontae. I expect um, a lot of carries from him moving forward, but I don't expect him to start. So no, I agree. We talked about that last week too about how um, it, the Trey is the perfect just going the first two plays or first two series, kind of read out the defense. He's probably better at picking up blitzes than Keontae with that experience, um, and I think Sam kind of trusts him a little more with that, or really the. Beck does and Herman and then yeah once they get worn down a little bit even like on like a I noticed I think it was two I don't know if it was OU or which game it was but it was like our long drive and our it was like the second drive of the game and halfway through the long drive they put in Keontae and it was like perfect you know it's like he immediately picked up like three runs like over 15 yards or something like Trey Watson sets that up 110% like all the way through so yeah Keontae played his role but Watson while the athleticism the true um, you know kind of breakthrough type of playmaking ability isn't there he still sets it up for uh, Keontae but uh, for the next good I'm going to go completely off the board and I know John's going to hate this but I'm going to give it to him is I think Bucheski had a really good game I know I know everyone's going to be like what the hell are you talking about how much I'm probably gonna say who the hell is Bucheski? That the the punter, sorry, the the punter or, or sorry, the punter's cousin. Excuse me. Um, yeah. He had three punts longer than fifty yards, first time all season, with an average of forty eight. Uh, he had five punts total, and his average was forty eight. His previous highest average was thirty seven. So in a game where your star quarterback is out, and you have to rely on your freaking punter to come up with you. I think he played a great game. Yeah, he kind of got that one block, but that's not really his fault. He's taking a little bit of time. But still, did a great job of flipping the field. I, I know it's making John just seething angry saying this, but 
I, I, I have to give it to him. He did his job. He didn't do anything <laughs> great. He did his job. Like, this is ridiculous. Don't, don't even listen to this. You just, honestly, all the credibility we've gained this no. year, all the analysis just went completely down the drain. So he did his job, and, and I expect him to do that every week. So, ugh. No, I, I think he did more than his job. I really do. So I got it. He has yet to give anything because he's mostly played terrible, but. I'm giving. I'm giving my my last good has got to go to Vucevic. Sorry, the punter's cousin. That's that's my so, last good. Uh, how many shanks does he have up in Stillwater? Uh, okay, what's your next one? So uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just we're done with goods. I don't really want to talk about goods anymore uh, on offense. Kind of keep the ball moving here. Uh, the bad I had was Andrew Beck. I think you. Uh, um, I think this is the first time we've given him a bad, but he had multiple drops and a false start on a play that. Two false um, starts, I thought. Two? I think he had two. Okay, well, there you go. I just emphasizing my point. Uh, it just it, He seemed a little off. I don't know what the deal was. Um, he had one catch or two catches that were uh, clutch on extending drives. But um, he had, I would say, probably his worst game. He also looked slow in the run-blocking game. It was, it was something I noticed when I was watching the game again. Um, but they, we were running, I guess, away from him. Um, I guess away from his highlights. But... He just the the drop passes and the mental mistakes kind of were blaring to me. So um, yeah, that was my bad. But it kind of feels weird giving him a bad. No, I agree. He didn't have his best game, and yeah, the false start was really bad, and and the drops. It's not like him because he looks just so out of place there. Normal time, but he always catches everything, and so yeah, the the drops were really uncharacteristic of him. But uh, yeah, overall offense, I mean. They, they, it's tough to say that they played well, but they didn't play terrible and not bad enough to lose us the game. So, it, and people were ragging on Dicker too. He's like three for five. Like, okay, first off, he won the OU game for us. He's cemented forever. I don't care what you ever say about him. Second off, like if Sam's in the game, he doesn't have to kick at least two of those, you know. Or if he does, they're about twenty yards closer. Cause he the had, last one, the last, the, so the last of the five kicks was a fifty-one yarder, which was pretty right. rough. Dude, that's so wind, tough. Yeah, the wind like, was behind him, but this this first miss was like a thirty. It was like thirty-seven like, or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like mid thirties, uh, into the wind. But regardless, he should have made that one. But the last one, I agree, was like kind of forced. Um, fifty-one yards is, is, I mean, he can do it. We've he's shown that he can. But um, I agree. I think everyone. It's really cool, easy to jump on a special teams guy <clears throat> the punter um, but <laughs> the I don't know I'm not I'm not jumping on him but you want to move on to the defense yeah let's go defense what do you got for defense so I mean defense before we jump into it I, when I watched it again I noticed that at Webb Elliott we gave up our I, I didn't notice this but uh, I mean we gave up our first no excuse me we gave up a touchdown on the first possession as always it just it is what it is and we looked flat and weird but we Missed nine tackles on the first possession. It was like really, yeah. Jeez. It was even. I mean, of course, ESPN showed that stat. I mean, yeah, of course. Negative I guess about I that, that one. But, uh, it was weird. They were they were flat. And they looked a little lost out there. But then boom, they turned it around. Um, I guess gave up a field goal to make it. Was it twenty three ten? I don't. Think, they only gave up a touchdown in the second half. But you know, they gave up the opening touchdown and then. Um, yeah, it was a field goal in the second quarter, and then that a touchdown after our turnover in the third quarter. And that's it. Uh, cut back to on the um, 
on the missed tackles, um, held them to 328 yards. I mean, forced up. Uh, I mean, was it Stearns who had the pick? Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the game, even though they were uh, just playing extremely conservative and letting like under the you know short routes kind of go for more than they should, they made a stop. And that's not something we would do done in the past. And it was nice to nice to see that. So um, my first good goes to Gary. Um, led the team with 11 tackles and had a solo sack or two. I can't believe it may have been two. Um, but he brought the, the, you know, brought the hammer this week. He was, uh, I guess there was a bunch of design delayed rushes for him to kind of force pressure on Brewer. Um, shout out to the coaches on getting him that opportunity. Um, but he also, God, what was it? Yeah, it was when Hurd stepped over Chris Boyd and was kind of like, yeah, yes. he then, uh, yes. Heard, I got. He went. He ran up to Hurd and pretty much just like bowed up to him, which of course he got a personal foul on. No, he didn't get a personal foul on. No, it, yeah, he got one and Hurd got one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. offsetting on that one. So, um, I like I like his. You've you've kind of said this a lot this year. You like just his attitude out there. He's just always you know sprinting oh, around. Yeah, like, the best attitude on. on the field. Yeah, and so he, um. Not only set the tone, but also led the team in tackles. So big, big shout out to him. No, hundred percent. And I think right behind him, in terms of attitude wise, uh, on the defense, that's just so much fun to watch. Is uh, Charles Omenu? I, I mean, he's got to get something. He might be the most underrated guy in this defense, and I think he is a legitimate conversation or whatever you want to call it for mid-season defensive MVP. I loved Herman's quote this past week. They asked him about, uh, you know, how they judge quality of play for a D lineman. And he goes, we don't judge a D lineman's quality of play with actual statistics. And he's like, yeah, obviously sacks, tackles for losses, those are huge. But he goes, a true, you know, like a true D lineman, great play can not come without anything on the stat sheet. And I love that. And that encapsulates Charles who completely. Uh, he, you know, he's not that elite speed rusher. You get off the edge. <laughs> But he's so good stopping the run as a D-end. It's so much fun to watch, especially in the three-down lineman uh, defense that Orlando we've been running all year. I mean, he's such a key component to it, and he did he does a great job with it. You know, and he had a few tackles for loss this week and just kept on going. Uh, it's it's just fun to watch him just kind of bitch D, uh, tackles around, and I think he's going to have a truly a, a big week this weekend against a, a weak offense or Oklahoma State offensive line so hats off to Charles man who really for the whole season but especially against Baylor he played great he also figured out how to stop a jet sweep so that's yes. the most important yes, thing that helps as well um yeah you kind of already you mentioned it his ability to get around the tackles has improved tremendously this year um, he always seemed to uh get clogged up on the outside by um pretty slow tackle but he's finding a way to kind of get around the edge and, and create pressure and, and um, that's nice to see. But he also, I don't know if you noticed this, I meant to mention it a few weeks ago. I don't think they did it versus OU. I know they did it versus Kansas State. I know they did it versus Baylor, where he just, like, dropped back into coverage. It was like, I, I don't know why they do it, because he looks, like, lost up there. But he drops back, like, 10 yards on the play, um, I guess, after the snap. And usually they throw right over him. But um, I, keep an eye out for that. It's kind of really weird. Uh, deal. I guess they bring the safety on a rush, and usually the safety is able to create pressure and like, uh, get a sack. But when you see him out there and you catch it, 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 you are like, oh my god, what is he doing? He's so lost. So 
if you see that, you'll be like very surprised. But uh, my bad on defense was Hager. Um, surprise, he actually had zero tackles. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Um, I saw that on the ESPN stats page. I was like, okay, that's got to be a mistake. But um, part of that, I think, has to do he was getting double teamed. And also there was kind of like a delay. He was on a lot of delayed rushes. Um, and I think he had a, a different assignment this game in terms of not really kind of being the guy going for the ball. He was playing, kind of playing more of the contained guy. Um, but I don't know. Zero tackles kind of blared out to me. And he... Uh, there were multiple times where he probably should have gotten like half a tackle, but I don't think they really do that um, on ESPN. So, um, yeah, he's, he's my bad just because I really couldn't find anybody else. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's so frustrating to watch him play just because he's got so much talent and he just doesn't know what's going on out there half the time. But, yeah, it's, it's tough watching him uh, just run around with his head cut off like a chicken. But – my other bad, I mean, it's uh, we'll just go through it quick because I'm so sick of saying it, but PJ just played awful. I mean, he really <laughs> did. Like, he played good against the run a few times, but, like, Hurd is a big guy. Like, he's a former running back. He's 6'4", and he and the one thing that PJ has going for him is his physicality on coverage, and Hurd just completely eliminated that and bitched him all over the place. So, I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to dwell on it too long because everyone knows it, and everyone with a Twitter explains or says their opinion on why he's so bad and honestly most people aren't wrong but PJ's got to play got to play better and there's rumors that Josh Thompson might have tweaked his ankle this week so that's 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 where that goes but all in all with the Baylor game it, it sucked it was not fun to watch it was kind of a you know a little bit of a heart jumper but it was such a trap game and then Sam gets hurt and it gets becomes even more of a trap game so that with the bye week, just get take it off, get healthy. Um, we've heard some rumors that a couple guys might be suspended. Chris Boyd and are those confirmed? Davis. Those are confirmed. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So, just kind of take that into consideration. Hopefully, it kind of jolts the team up. Like, listen, you idiots, you're literally one bad loss by someone by Clemson or someone else from being a legitimate playoff possibility get your head out of your ass and start playing like it and yeah, it's like, me- wake up <laughs> mentally approach it. I don't care. It's like, getting kind of serious. Yeah. Like it's like one of those, like, okay, like, yeah, like you've been dating her for six years. Like now you actually have to marry her. You fucking idiot. Like <laughs> just, just do it. And it's in the, the youth on this team is really what scares me mentally because they, I don't think they realize it because they, I mean, they haven't seen it. I get that. So, Hopefully they kind of wake up, and I, honestly, I think the seven o'clock start in Sat in Stillwater, like yeah, that place will be rocking. But like, that's gonna wake them up. Like if that doesn't get you going, then I don't know what will. You know? Yeah, I think it's a good um, test before we go to Lubbock, which yes, a hundred percent as well. Yes, 100%. But it's like kind of gives us exposure to a night road game. Which right. I don't think we've had a night road game this year. No, we haven't. And and knock on wood, we win this game. We probably get the seven o'clock for West Virginia. We finally got the first six day waiting period for the game time of the year uh, this past week. So they didn't let us know about the what time the West Virginia kickoff will be. But I mean, everything goes well, and we're seven o'clock again next weekend. 
So well, we know it's not 11 a.m. It's either 2:30 or 7 correct. or 6. It's 2:36. Yeah, or I think there might even be a possibility it's 6:30. But whatever. So get the energy going. I mean, they played. You know, you played well. You got away with one. Defense stepped up. So keep it going mentally. Just rest up. I want to see us firing out uh, going going up against. Uh, the sand Aggies up in, or sorry, the Oklahoma Aggies uh, in Stillwater. But all right, let's jump into it. While talking about it, um, Cowboys. They uh, so yeah. Uh, you take you want to take their offense. Yeah. Here. So it. offense is still really good. Top twenty-five in the nation yard for play, and they don't have Mason Rudolph. Uh, their quarterback is Taylor Cornelius, who Gundy literally called him a dinosaur because he's a fifth-year senior and has sat behind Rudolph like the past four years literally uh but he, he's very turnover prone he's thrown 16 touchdowns on the year but he's also thrown eight picks so that's not a pretty good conversion rate uh for the just a little not comparison but to show you how good to to go Viloa is he has thrown 25 touchdowns and zero interceptions and that's playing average about two and a half quarters of a game but anyways so Cornelius is, is the the stud quarterback there's rumors that they might be thinking about switching to the backup if you keep on throwing picks i don't see it happening but don't be surprised if it does uh justice hill he's also one of those guys who's just like you seem like he's been there for 10 years i don't know why but he's getting he's averaging over six yards a handoff uh so he's gonna be always there always good their biggest weakness on offense is their o-line they're like 100th in the country in sacks allowed I can't remember the exact number, but it was close to like 20 on sacks allowed on the season so far. So big game ahead for uh, Charles O and Hager to really kind of drive in, um, getting to the Cornelius and getting disrupting uh, the offense, and getting them off of balance at home. So we yeah. got on defense. Well, somehow, I mean, Kansas State held their offense to 12 points, so. Um, that's a nice. I mean, that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, we were able to put some points up against Kansas State's defense, and then Oklahoma State struggled to do so um, in Manhattan last week. Or no, two weeks ago. I think they had a week off as well last week. Yes, uh, they did. You're right. Okay. Uh, defense, um, yeah, we've kind of both noted it. They're not – they're just not good. Um, they uh, – let's see. They've given up in the last couple games 31, 48, um, 28. 41. So, I mean, there's a lot of numbers being thrown up against them. So, um, both of us know they gave up the big plays a lot, and their rush defense isn't very good. So, I expect to see a full, a really steady balance, or I guess, uh, dosage of both a strong run game and then multiple throws over the top to CJ and, and LJ Humphreys or Duvernay since he didn't get much love last game. Um, so, yeah, you know, the defense has really, really struggled, and, um, it wasn't ranked like the 78th or 80th right now in yeah. the nation. So kind of on the lower half of, of, of defenses. Um, but I guess that's enough. I mean, they, Gundy needs a win. He needs a um, – he needs kind of like a, a – he, he beat Boise State this year, which turned out to not be that big of a deal. Yeah, that was um, like the most hyped win, I think overhyped win we've had all season. They were like, oh, Oklahoma State's legit. Like they beat oh, – yeah. and then Tech goes out and stomps them. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. So uh, Gundy, he, he's dominated Texas for the last ever since Texas has been down. He's the one program that has just been that has just dominated us. And I mean, last year's win was kind of our loss was kind of a weird deal, 
we should have won that game. There's also been a couple other fluke games that we've lost against Oklahoma State, but they've had a good run, and those runs have been with solid quarterbacks. So if we can create pressure like you were saying earlier and contain Hill, I don't think there's any reason why we don't win this game. But the question is, what do you do with a 75% Sam if he's only 75%? And I guess I put that one on you. What Do you do you start Shane, and if you get yourself in trouble, bring in Sam? I just think if, if, if Sam is not 100%, you don't start him. But at the same time, Oh, shit, dude, we're six and one, and we're on. We got a chance to play for something here. And if he if he's just able to go, I think a seventy five percent Sam gives us a better chance than a hundred percent Shane. Okay, I I agree with that. Okay, I say if if it's seventy five percent, I I think you I think you start Shane. And honestly, I don't think it'd be that crazy to start Shane. You go into halftime. Let's say it's you know 17 10 17 13 or something like that texas and then the second half you bring out sam and you really just kind of bring the hammer on him and really just shut the door and completely end the game uh that i anything less than 75 you're obviously not starting him. anything above that uh, that's that's where it gets real iffy do you, how much do you want to counterbalance coming off the buy like you know Let's say Sam doesn't play at all. Like we get, you know, Shane starts and we skate out of there with the win at the end. Okay, that gives Sam how many days since he has actually played a game? Like he is completely rested and healthy. You really got to figure that into the whole dynamic of everything that's going on. So I don't think it's crazy to start Shane, give a healthy dose of Keontae and Trey, a couple shots over the top. To, and maybe a little bit of Lil Jordan uh, at, at Wildcat. So I, I don't think that starting Shane would be a bad idea. I really don't. I think, I mean, Shane, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think Shane is fully capable of winning this game on the road. I just would feel so much more comfortable with Sam back there. I agree. Yeah. No, I, that. But you know they're going to be coming for Sam's shoulder if, if he's playing. So Right. And you also we'll got to think, I mean, Shane's gotten two weeks of practicing with the ones. So he, Yeah, we've had plenty of time to game plan around his, his talents. So we'll exactly. see. I think the offensive line needs to come out and set the tone. Yes. Give Keontae and Trey yes. plenty of room to run and take this crowd out of it. Because they'll get rocking at 7 o'clock in Stillwater. Oh, yeah. So they'll be oh, going. Oh, yeah. That place will be um, going. And, and, and I mean, they're playing Texas. We're on ABC. Um, it, it's just – all the signs lead to, you know, bottom line on Sunday morning, yes. Texas, number six, Texas losing, you know, and everyone on Twitter being like, oh, Texas was overrated, as we said, but can't think that way. So I think uh, it's scary to think of Chris Boyd and um, is it Davis, Devontae Davis, who yeah. are out? Yeah. Um, is it just the first quarter? Or? Just the first quarter. So you start Anthony Cook? What's the deal? Yeah, you start Cook and probably boys. Oh, God. Yep. I mean, maybe Jalen Green, but probably the boys. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, I, Hold on, because it could get ugly in the first quarter. But the, I, I think we need to punch him in the face early. Um, and, and I think, well, we hit the over. But, oh wait, what is the over this week? Uh, give me five I don't seconds. Know. Give I me five seconds. Look. Four, three, two, one. The, the score of the Red Sox game is two to one. Uh, it's... Oh, wait, it's 4-2 now. Uh, the over is 59 and a half. 
Yeah, I think we hit that. Yeah, I think we did too. Easily. Um, I, I just don't know what the, the QB situation is going to do to the score. Um, and I hate all the freaking signs that just lead to an upset of a top 10 team on the road. And everyone that listens to this show knows I'm superstitious. And whenever I say Texas is going to lose, we win. But I think Texas wins this game. I think we win 38-27. But it's a very uh, – it's a much closer game than the final score shows. Okay. I like that. I agree. We're officially in anxiety season, by the way. I haven't felt this in 10 years. But, like, <laughs> now every single game, it's like, oh, if you lose, like, I might die. Like, I legitimately like, – my mood has changed so much. Based you, the Miller Lights, or no, excuse me, the Wild Acre Beers. So, it sucks, but it's it's a good bad thing. I'll take it any day of the week, but it's still not good on my health or my mental health. But, no, I agree. I think the I think Texas does win. I do think they cover at minus three and a half. I have Texas 45, Oklahoma State 34. Uh, I think Keontae has over 120 yards. At least one touchdown, possibly two. Um, I, I don't see their defense being good enough. I mean, Kansas State put up 290 yards rushing against them without Alex Delton. That was Skyler Thompson, the 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 not the good one, not the fast one, uh, quarterback uh, at the helm. So I, I think the running game can really get this going. It, it's just up to the defense to really shut them down and not let them do their thing, not let Gundy be Gundy. Uh, I want to see like a defensive touchdown, or if we do have a lead, I want to see us just put the game away like we were doing versus TCU and USC. Yep, no, that would be uh, that'd be nice. But I mean, it's set up for it. I mean, if you can get to Cornelius, a not so mobile quarterback um, with a bad offensive line, and not let him to run the ball and force him into the long passing downs on second down and stuff, it's one hundred percent doable. Let Stearns and B. Jones be their hawks and wolves of the backfield. Get a couple picks. He's obviously prone to it. I mean, you get two picks, this game's 100% in hand. It's 100% winnable. So, Right. And no, I agree. There's, there's, there's room there and there's an opportunity there for the offense or for the defense to really shut them down. But, all right, well, that's our predictions. Keep on going. Uh, we're going to. Obviously, we don't. We talked hinted earlier. We have no voicemails this week, so please leave us for this week. I don't care when you leave them. I don't care what you say. Like if they're good, we 100 percent will play them. Uh, we just need anything to talk about. Like we just love hearing whatever y'all have to say um, after listening to these, before you listen to them, after the game, whenever. I don't care what time. We've we've had more voicemails probably dropped after 1 a.m. than we have before 1 a.m. So. I don't care what state you're mind in, whatever. Please keep on leaving voicemails. They're obviously hilarious because it kind of sucks like weeks like this where you don't have any. So uh, we'll just jump right into games of the week. Uh, biggest game of the week by far. It's a pretty weak matchup uh, by the uh, for the rest of the week. But Florida-Georgia 230 CBS game with Hayton S. Gary. Georgia is minus seven at the world largest cocktail party, which is a technically a neutral field or neutral site game. And that place is going to be rolling. Uh, this is probably the best game that these two have had in a while, like against these two in a while. Georgia offense is legit, even with a little bit of corporate controversy, but uh, they really haven't played a good defense. They haven't played a top 25 defense, or haven't beaten a top 25 defense yet. And the Florida defense coordinator, Todd Grantham, uh, his, uh, first year there has really got him going. Uh, but uh, watching 
Florida play offense is just so pathetic. But I, I, I got Gator 17-10. I, I just don't see um, the Georgia offense doing well against them. Where is game, is game day there? Yeah. Okay. I was just reading something that was like saying UCF is going to try to take over game day at the Florida game. Georgia really? Game. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, speaking of game day, that Washington State environment was awesome. That was so week. cool. It was like dark outside and it was just going. Yeah, no, that was, that was sweet. That was well overdue and good job by Washington State for getting that set up. But back to the game you were talking about, um, Georgia was exposed last week. Um, that was a tough game for them. Didn't get to watch it since it was the same time as our game. But it looks like, like you already mentioned about the defense, when they face the deep, top 25 defenses, they've struggled. I think they bounce back, though. I think they get a 20-16 to 16 win um, in a big rivalry game. So it'll be Ooh. really close. I like it. Uh, yeah, I don't even want you. You can talk about the next game. I don't really care uh, about it. A&M at Mississippi State. Clang, 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 at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Mississippi State's minus three. I know it's at home, but like that line really surprised me. Uh, that's a big road test for Kellen Mond and the Aggies. Kentucky was a pretty solid win, but I don't consider that a true road test. And he still won in overtime. So they they were at home versus Kentucky. Or sorry, at home against Kentucky. I, I was talking about uh, what's it called South Carolina. South Carolina, where they only won by three, but still. Uh, Fitzgerald's fun to watch for Mississippi State. He can run all over the place. He can't really throw that well, but it's fun to watch him run. Aggies got a really good run defense this year. I surprised. I really like A and M here, like as an upset underdog. I just don't think Mississippi State's that good. Their win over Auburn really doesn't look that good anymore. Yeah, um, Mississippi State has kind of been one of those weird teams this year. I haven't really been able to get a good vibe on them. They beat Kansas State on the road earlier on. Uh, they beat Auburn, correct? Like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, they've had they were kind of came out. Uh, I know they lost to LSU. Um, and m has put together a pretty good season. I mean, they're not getting enough credit for what they've done. I hate saying that. Cause, yeah, no, I agree. Um, they've got, but they have a tough. They've got a tough schedule to go still. So, um, just burn orange and me wants a And M to lose, but I think a And M actually wins this game, um, which is huge for them with the remaining games they have. I think they've got. They're going to put them, I guess, put them at eight or nine wins if they get this one. Um, just at the end of the season, that is. But still got to play LSU. Still got to play, I think, Ole Miss. But yeah, this game, I think A&M wins. I don't know why that line is where it's at. Maybe just because it's in Mississippi. Um, yeah, I think that it, they just give so much credit to Klinga yeah. Klinga at night, which I get. Eh, it's a cool environment, but yeah. Um, other games, not going to take too long on it. Wazoo at uh, Stanford, pretty cool. I'm kind of joining that Wazoo. Um, bandwagon right Go now. Kind of excited for Leach. Um, so keep an eye on that game. Could be finally like a good Pac-12 game. Maybe not because Stanford's been overrated all year. Um, but yeah, Washington State could be making some noise. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Mike Leach handles, handles the actual publicity again. Hopefully he doesn't... What did he do again? Like stuff a kid in a... That was uh, Craig James' kid. He deserved every bit of that. <laughs> um all right, last game I wanted to mention, Iowa at Penn State, um, kind of the Big Ten game of the year, or <laughs> game of the week. Uh, might be game of the year with the Big Ten. <laughs> no, Purdue, Ohio State was pretty sweet. But uh, 2.30 on ESPN, uh, Penn State kind of knocked themselves out of the playoff contention with two straight losses, one being Ohio State, the other two a very uh, weak Michigan State team. Um, I think Penn State bounces back and gets a big win at home, um, kind of, I guess, solidifies their, the – rest of their year 
Um, but Iowa's put it put together a pretty good year, so look out for them. So uh, that's all I had on my games. I don't really see any other big games. No, that's about it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We really do appreciate it if you're listening to this uh, all the way through. Please buy a T-shirt so I can eat lunch. $15. Go follow Wild Acre Brewery. Go follow Wild Acre. Go follow us on Snapchat. Go follow us on Twitter. Uh, Alright, we'll see y'all in the next episode. Leaves are falling all around. Time I was on my way. Thanks to you, I'm much obliged. Such a pleasant stay. Now it's time for me to go The autumn moon lights my way But now I smell the rain And with it pain And it's heading my way Ah, sometimes I grow so tired Got him at the evil wall, crept up and slipped away.